today on CityCast Chicago, kids have had an especially hard time the past year. And I've wondered, how are they handling it? And what will they actually remember? Two Chicago moms are creating time capsules to capture what the pandemic has been like for their kids and others across the city. Sometimes it's about their experience. Sometimes it was like, I watched my parents or the people that I live with be really scared and be really stressed. And like that has an impact on them. It's Tuesday, June 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. So between you all, there are six children. <laughs> that is amazing. They're, they're all big time capsule cheerleaders, and um, they make a lot of time capsule kits for kids. So we are fully utilizing <laughs> their skills. That's Stacey Gillette with her friend Stephanie Hodges giggling in the background. Together, they've created Once Upon Our Time Capsule. It's a cool project where they collect individual time capsule kits from children across Chicago. They're going to put those smaller submissions into several larger time capsules, which they'll open up in 2026. I have a couple of nieces, one of which who's now five. And I've talked to her throughout the pandemic. And what's made it clear to me that this is something that's going to last for a long time is when I watch her ask her mom, like, is it safe? Like, is the virus still going on? And so she's always looking for those check-ins. You know, when you look at your kids, was there a moment when you thought to yourself, like, damn, this is really something that's going to stick with them throughout their childhood? Stephanie? My kids are so comfortable wearing a mask. I think that's like, they're just, they're second nature to them. Like they're three and they're just like, they just are, you know, they, they, they leave nursery still wearing the, still wearing the mask. It's a small thing that we've all gotten used to it. But like, for me, it's still sort of jarring to not see their full face. I mean, I would say, you know, also just being comfortable online. So those are sort of two things where I'm like, that's different. Like that is sticking with you in some way and shaping you over the next years. And then you see this weird, weird behavior. Like you go out to playgrounds and it's like, I can't talk to those kids. Like those kids want to, want to say hi, but mom, they're not wearing a mask. What do I do? And I'm like, this is such an, just like not a, a, a threshold or a conversation we'd had before. And so thinking about how to kind of reintegrate and like help your kids develop into being like the friendly people that you want them to be um, when you've, you've kind of taught these behaviors that were like very much keep to yourself. And, and I think that's going to be interesting to navigate as we move forward. Where did the idea for a time capsule come from? We wanted to create like something that was a therapeutic and like meaningful experience for kids, but didn't want them to feel like they were going to the doctor, right? Wanted to make it feel something fun and engaging. And so the time capsule gave us a way both to do this kind of individual processing as well as the collective and telling this collective story across the city. So it, the, the time capsule we're super excited about, but like the storytelling is and, and the kind of awareness kids can get from that about this experience and how brave they were and how heroic they were in managing all of this change and complexity. Like that's what motivated us. And then the time capsule became this individual and collective container. I think that I think the brilliance of the time capsule is just that you get to kind of think about what you want a future generation to know about now. And so it kind of gets kids to think about themselves in some ways almost objectively a bit. Like what do I really want, you know, this future magical child that hasn't been born yet or that, you know, that hasn't gone through this to to know about now. Like what, you know, in some ways it allows them to inspect their lives in a more objective way and then, you know, describe um, what their situation was like. 
Um, let's get into what these kits look like because I imagine from what I was reading, you can fill one of these out and do it in your family, but it sounds like you can also participate in a much larger time capsule. Um, can you kind of walk me through what that actually looks like? Will it be buried in the ground somewhere? We, you, you can go to public library, pick up a kit, which is a three by 11 inch tube, decorate that, tell your story in whatever way you want, insert it in there, and then drop it back off at the library or in whatever classroom or school setting or any community setting you're in. We then on August 15th, we close the time capsule. So like we're going to you know, be closed for submissions more or less. Um, we then bring them all together, photograph them all just to make sure we've captured all of them. And then we're going to distribute them, the ones that are actually physical, not digital, into different 55-gallon drums. And we're then going to have a sealing ceremony, kind of a larger celebration where we're sealing up these stories and then placing them across different Chicago institutions across the city. So the Chicago History Museum, Peggy Noterbart, uh, Adler, many of them will be taking uh, these gallons or these, these drums and keeping them uh, for the next five years. So will they just be placed into storage or, or will each of these institutions have their own sort of uh, burial ceremony? The drums, we're really excited, are going to be um, wrapped in artwork that After School Matters artists create. And then each of those, you know, really iconic institutions across Chicago will be storing it in different ways. So in some cases, um, they're going to keep the drum out in a, in a public space um, where people can see that for the next five years. In other cases, um, they're going to put it into an archive that they have, but probably publicly display one or two of the actual kids' time capsules. Is there some mission that you saw where you were like, yes, this is why we decided to do this? I, there's one that spoke to me in particular, which was about a child that, you know, using the comic strip prompts, talked about life before COVID and about how they were having trouble adjusting in school and how they were so excited about their birthday party and how this is going to be some moment that things would shift for themselves. And they had invited, invited kids and they had accepted the invitation. And then the low being that um, that they wouldn't weren't able to hold the party. And, and, and the picture is of the child kind of alone at their birthday party. Um, and then the picture of the high is also them alone at their birthday party with their family. So there's a high and a low in the same moment. Not all stories go, I think, go that deep into a particular moment. And that one was particularly poetic in some way. I've watched the power of storytelling amongst students, just having that freedom to share their story, to talk about their life and feel as if it's valued. In this process, what it's been like to watch kids shape their stories or submit these things? Well, there was one event with the Chicago Children's Theater where the kids, you know, where um, the facilitators and um, teaching artists asked kids to sort of scream out like what was what was horrific or what was hard during this time. And just like that was just overwhelming to hear like 20 children just say, you know, just scream out something that was hard over the past year. And then at the same time, like scream out something that was good and you just started to hear like you know dinners or pizza or movies um you know these small things that are recognizable to all of us and that were in some way provided comfort during this during this past year so that was sort of in some ways almost you know as a listener cathartic and you could hear for the kids being asked that like actually your story matters or i want to hear from you like what was it really like and i want you to scream it loud i want you to you know, scream it to the world um you could just tell that they were it mattered to them to be asked that and I think we've seen, you know, I, I think even as we started kind of getting into this and doing prototypes and saying, like, are kids going to respond to this? Is this something that's really going to resonate? I think both Stephanie and I had these moments of like, 
oh, they want to talk. Like they actually want to have this conversation and they've gone through a lot. And, you know, sometimes it's about their experience. Sometimes it was like, I watched my parents or the people that I live with be really scared and be really stressed. And like that has an impact on them, right? Even if, but but it's not something where they're often asked because it's like, understandably that the people who have lost the job, the people who are dealing with the sick family member, like they're the ones that we talk to first and foremost. And, and that makes good sense. But then you, you get to this point and you're like, oh, but there were other people. There were these little people living in your house that were experiencing all of that too. And they, they've just been so eager to talk. And I, I know you also imagine other kids opening this up. You know, what are you hoping that the kids who open this up in five years you know, who might have been three now, but are eight at that point. What do you hope that they take from the things that they find, the things that they pick up and read? Kids in elementary school, frankly, all of life, but in elementary school, like you, you read a lot about heroes, right? You, you read a lot about important periods of time. And what we want, what we're saying to them is like, but you're those kids. Like this is a time period that people are going to be reading about and learning about forevermore. And you are the important figures in this story. And so we're, we're hoping, and this gets to the time frame too, right? We're, we're hoping that, that, that three-year-old or that, you know, five-year-old who looks at this as a, as a fifth grader is able to look back and have the kind of perspective and the understanding now of like, you know, number one, I, I was an important figure in an important period of time. But number two, and, and this is really important, you want, to, we want to help give kids the awareness and the vocabulary that like you made it through something difficult. And having that awareness as a young child is really important for them to be able to recall when they become teenagers, when they become adults, and they think like, I'm going through a really hard time now. But to be able to look back and say, but I went through a really hard time then and I made it through, I can again. One of the things you all have both highlighted so much in your responses on your website is your desire for this project to be representative, for it to be equitable. How are you all reaching out across this large ass city to make sure you're capturing those individual voices. I mean, the project sounds extremely accessible to allow it to be, um, you know, representative across the city. It's really been through partnering with organizations and the fact that our platform and our resources are so flexible, but we've done, you know, worked very, very hard to partner with as many organizations as possible. So we have partnerships with hospitals, we have partnerships with homeless shelters, we have partnerships with you know, Heartland Alliance and the refugee side, Hearts to Art, Hyde Park Art Center, um, the Dusabel. I mean, so many organizations that have come together and rallied behind this idea, which is really what makes this project so exciting to us. Stacy, Stephanie, thank you all both so much for being on CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. The deadline for submissions for Once Upon Our Time Capsule is August 15th. You can pick up one of the kits or submit online. Find the link in the show notes. Some good news to get you through. After years of fundraising and public participation, the Ida B. Wales Monument will finally be unveiled tomorrow morning in Bronzeville. Wales was an anti-lynching advocate, journalist, and an activist who fought for civil rights and the woman's right to vote. Oh yeah, and one more piece of good news. Tomorrow, we have this guy on the pod. You know, I'd recommend every young person go to Chicago to start off as a performer, because if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere, because Chicago is so welcoming. 
to new young talent. That's right. Stephen Colbert, host of The Late Show and Second City alum, tells us how Chicago made him who he is. That's tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace.